Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Chris Morris, the Director of Performance Science for the University of Kentucky and the Chief Scientific Officer for AIM7. In this episode, we discuss how to use heart rate variability to improve physical and mental health. Dr. Morris also explains what the autonomic nervous system is and how our mindset impacts the manifestation of stress. So now it's time to lean in and learn from the best. Chris, there's a lot of wearable devices now that people are using, and these devices track a number of different metrics, including heart rate and heart rate variability. What are these things? Why should people be paying attention to them? And how could the average person use it to improve their health or performance? Right. So most people, I think, are familiar with heart rate, uh, resting heart rate. You go to the doctor, they check your pulse, and it comes back just for simple math. Let's just say 60 beats a minute. So the average person is going to assume that my heart is beating once per second. But the reality of, of heart rate is it's not as simple. And this is where heart rate variability comes in. And heart rate variability in its most simple form is just the time variation between the beats. The reason why our heart goes up, heart rate goes up and down is because um, when we breathe, it's called respiratory sinus arrhythmia, meaning it's not in rhythm. The reason why it does this is because as we breathe air in, the heart wants to beat faster to take that oxygenated blood and get it into the system. And when we exhale, it slows it down because we don't have as much oxygen. So it's a, it's a process to make sure that we're supplying oxygen uh, the most efficient way possible. Now, over the years, we've learned that heart rate variability is a very good indicator of how uh, stressed a system is. Meaning when we become very stressed, the body wants to basically shut down any kind of flexibility or freedom. So it basically says, all right, heart, you're going to beat at exactly one beat per minute because I'm dealing with something else. And that could be a mental stress or a, you could be exercising. You could be doing uh, anything that's putting the body outside of its, its normal bounds. Um, but I think to really kind of understand how the body does that, you have to kind of understand what controls it. So the big thing that controls heart rate and heart rate variability is your autonomic nervous system. And most people aren't familiar with maybe autonomic nervous system, but they're familiar with what we call flight or fight, right? Um, that's controlled by our sympathetic nervous system. That's the body's gas pedal. And when the sympathetic nervous system is activated, you'll see a decrease in heart rate variability and usually an increase in heart rate. On the flip side of that, the body has a break called the parasympathetic nervous system, which slows everything back down and gets everything back into uh, kind of a natural rhythm. So if we think about, um, you know, a time in your life, I just think that you're in the car, right? And you got your kids, a real life example, and someone pulls out in front of you, almost hits you. Well, what happens? Your hands get really tense on the wheel. Your heart rate speeds up. You start breathing fast. And before you know it, you know, when the, when the threat is gone and you, you're, you're kind of, you notice, oh my gosh, that was so scary. You're breathing fast. Well, now your parasympathetic nervous system is kind of kicking in. Uh, so your body is always going between this gas break, gas break. And this is, these are very primitive structures in the brain. And, you know, we look back to our earlier, earlier days, like these were very active to kind of help keep us safe. Right. So, you know, when, when there was life threatening situations, almost like getting hit by a car, being chased by a lion. Um, 
the problem is like now we don't have lions chasing us. I mean, our this generation seems to be activating that system more and more often for non-life-threatening uh, situations, and it's showing up as a as a marker of health. Um, those two structures that are, are specifically responsible for that are the amygdala and the hypothalamus. And so basically your amygdala is the brain center for assessing threat. So when that car pulls out in front of you, your amygdala is like, Oh, that's something that really, you know, is could kill us. It sends a signal to the hypothalamus. It signals to the autonomic nervous system. Like, Hey, mental acuity needs to go up. Heart needs to go up. We need to be on focus. We need to get ourselves out of this. Um, and then once that threat's gone, parasympathetic nervous system comes in and causes relaxation. So Chris, I want to double click on something you just said mm -hmm. that this generation is activating these systems or really the odd, the, the sympathetic nervous system, not out of the fact that we need to fight something or flee from something, but maybe from a stress from the, from maybe COVID or relationships or the way that we interact with social media. And so it has the same, physiological impact is me running from a bear, correct? Correct. And, you know, I think a lot of that comes from our environments are different now, right? So if you asked your grandfather, um, you know, well, let's just say you're sitting with your grandfather and it sounds like, you know, grandpa, like I'm really stressed right now. I'm having to wear a mask everywhere. They won't let me go to the mall. They won't let me do this. And he was like, oh, I survived the Spanish flu. I survived World War One and the Great Depression. So like his brain like the it's it's amazing to think about the differences in what we consider stressful today versus what people considered stressful back in the 1920s. And so this is why you start to see the practice of gratitude and appreciation for like the most simple things have a profound effect on someone's stress and increases in heart rate variability because you start to realize is like you know what the things I'm complaining about I've got it made. Um Compared to a lot of people in this world, I mean, if you live in America and you make just above the poverty line, you're in the top 1% wealthy people in the world. Like, it's really hard to uh, situate ourselves around that when we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people. Excessive soreness after a workout is not a badge of honor. It's actually a sign that you're overloading your body and in turn diminishing long-term health and fitness gains. My new app, AIM7, fixes this problem by turning wearable data into personalized exercise recommendations that layer on top of popular exercise programs that you already love, like Apple Fitness Plus and Peloton. And these exercise recommendations prevent burnout and improve long-term fitness. Then we pick up where wearables fail and we teach you how to fix your most pressing wellness issues, such as improving sleep and energy and reducing stress. To get access to this exclusive program, go to www.aim7.com. That's AIM7.com and sign up now. There are limited spots available each month. So sign up now and reserve your spot. Now, back to the show. And therefore, the impact of social media uh, and kind of what we're seeing the effect of these kids is it's a false reality of what real life is because everyone's posting their best self on social media. And it makes you think it's like, wow, everyone's having this great day. And I'm just like, I'm just here at work. So it, it makes us feel bad. Um, cause we're always in this constant state of someone's doing something better. There's always this fear of missing out going on with social media. It's dangerous. So these, all of these 
environmental factors impact heart rate and heart rate variability. Let's say I go to bed at night and I wake up in the morning and I look at my aura ring or the aim seven app. And I realized that my heart rate was elevated last night or it was mm-hmm. down. What does that mean? Same with heart so, rate variability. Yeah. So basically if you wake up, let's just in a perfect world, you wake up in the morning um, and you got a good night's rest and you're completely recovered. Let's just say that your gas tank for what I call adapt adaptation or stress is a hundred percent. These wearables like aura and whoop, but what they're trying to do is trying to assess the amount of fuel that you're using throughout the day for different parts of stress. The problem is they're only measuring, uh, physical stress, uh, through our workouts, not accounting for someone's mental stress. So there's no, like, there's no perception of what the user is going through. Like I could be super stressed out mentally, uh, going through a hard time and I'm not really working out. Um, it's not really going to account for that, but basically what they're trying to do is say, okay, this is how much gas you have in the tank this morning. Uh, this is how much you've spent throughout the day. Um, and this is how much we think you need to recover. Uh, to get a hundred percent gas tank the next day. So every day that you wake up, you're going to be using gas and restoring gas through sleep. Um, what aim seven is trying to do is basically one understand how active someone is. So how many calories and how much, you know, gas are they burning through physical stress, which is a good stress. Sometimes, sometimes it's a bad stress depending on, uh, how full your gas tank was. And then we're also trying to take in, you know, or they're also trying to take in like the user's perspective of like, all right, what's your mental stress? What's your motivation? What's your energy? And it's factoring all those things in to kind of give an idea of how much gas we have in the tank that day. So if, if I want to make use of these uh, metrics, what would you recommend for the average person? So HRV is just a, for me is the the best overall indicator of how much gas we have in the tank. Um, you know, if, if you go, you take the previous days, every stress from physical to mental to everything that's going on in the body, you could, um, the food that we eat that's causing spikes in blood glucose is a stress. There's the mental stress of your job, like things that are hard to account for. Um, if you take all that into consideration, you wake up the next day, my HRV is lower. It means basically I didn't get enough recovery from the previous day stress and the body is still working through some of that stuff. So let's just say your, your average heart rate variability is we'll say a hundred uh, and you wake up the next day and it's, it's 50. Well, maybe we can assume that we're only working at like 50% gas tank for the day. So meaning, are we going to be able to apply the same amount of stress that we would normally do in a typical day? Am I going to be able to apply the same amount of like weight training or Peloton or F45 than I normally would? No, because I'm only have 50%. And if I go out and I crush a high intensity workout, well, I've used a ton of gas and it's not even 10 AM. And then, okay, now my boss comes in and lays a lot of stuff on my desk and I don't have any gas to adapt. And, and you've had these days where, you know, you get home and you're irritated with like just the simplest things tick you off. It's probably because you've utilized everything you've had in your tank. This is really associated with willpower too. Um, 
you know, you get to the end of the day, you're irritated with your family. You're more likely to go grab that ice cream. You're more likely to go, um, you know, grab a drink. Um, these are behaviors that we've learned to kind of, we think that make us feel good to reduce stress. Those are negative feedback loops of like, all right, the body recognizes stress. It's trying to give me something to kind of reduce it. Um, and so knowing what your HRV is at any given time or your readiness or your, your whoop score, or your aim seven score is, is going to allow you to better assess your day to understand like, all right, maybe I don't do the F45 workout and I just go do 30 minutes of a, a walk outside and I, and I pair that up with some gratitude. Like I'm still accumulating some exercise, but I, I I'm not putting myself uh, in a situation where I'm going to, you know, put my risk self at risk of injury or burnout or marital problems and, you know, bad behaviors. No, that makes total sense. Um, one last little question caveat on this. Um, heart rate, either big spikes up or down from your norm are probably not great, but over time to a certain point, we would want to see a downward trend to kind of a leveling off phase. So like if you're 80 beats a minute, like if over a year and a half, it went from 80 to like 60, that'd be phenomenal. Um, HRV, a lot of people like, Oh, the higher the HRV, the better, not always, Sometimes big spikes upward can also indicate overtraining and there's research to demonstrate this as well. And I don't think most of these apps take that into account. I've noticed that because I test everything kind of like you have, you get a big spike and they're like, Oh, go kill it today. And you're like, eh, I don't know about that. So, you know, I know that in aim seven, we value stability. And so that gives room for small decrements, but it's something that you should pay attention to because then you can make more educated decisions about what you're willing to take on that day, or maybe what you need to push forward on your calendar, or maybe today is the day that I'm going to go work extra hard and at work at home and kind of exhaust and like, cause I got a lot of room to grow. So, uh, Chris, I really appreciate your time and thanks for breaking that down for us today. Yeah, absolutely. If you found today's episode useful and you want to support the show, would you please consider leaving us a review and a rating in the Apple Podcast app as this is one of the best ways that you can help us grow the show. Thanks again for listening and I'll catch you on the next episode.